following is a presentation of the Connection Church, a place where people are being set free. If you'd like to know more information about our community, you can join us online at ConnectionChurchNC.com. I start off just by saying Merry Christmas to you all. And to all a good night, isn't that how it goes? Wonderful. I'm so glad that you chose to be here early and you guys are on time. I love you because you're on time. Uh, you're either early or you're late in my book. So you guys are here early and I love it. Um, you know, I want you to go ahead and take your phones out, every one of you. Every one of you take your phone out. I know you won't be texting, tweeting, Facebooking, or doing anything else because you don't get service in here. You're only going to be listening to what I have to say. So go ahead and take your phone out because there's a reason behind this this morning. I want you to take it out. Now I want you to know this that your phone may look all nice and clean. But as you came in this morning, you were given a little gift. We believe in giving here at Connection Church, and so I wanted the giving to start early. Did everyone get one of these? Yeah, this is something you clean your phone with. And there's a purpose behind this gift this morning. This is my gift to you, because your phone has 20 times more germs and bacteria on it than your toilet seat at home. Did you know that? So if I were you, I would seriously break this open and start cleaning your phone now. Now seriously, do it now. Clean your phone. I was talking to Pastor Bradley. We were running through this kind of stuff earlier this week. And when I told him that, would you believe that he lit his phone? (laughs) He said that this beard thing that he has going on acts as a filter. And he has no sickness. But I say he is sick. But, But he is but go seriously clean. I love to see. Good job there, Friday, cleaning your phone. Clean it really good. I want you to take a look at the screen here. There's something else that may look really good to you at first glance. At Golden Corral. I, I listen, God loves Golden Corral. I love Golden Corral. I love you if you love Golden Corral. Shame on you. But anyway, they call this thing the Chocolate Wonderfall. I don't know if you can see this. I'm going to get over here so I can see it a little better. But it says, discover the chocolate wonderfall, the eighth wonder of the world. Some wonderful marketing taking place here. Anybody in here just not shameless? Have you ever been to Golden Corral and actually used the chocolate wonderfall? Go ahead and raise your hand high. It says it's a never-ending cascade of rich Chocolate is yours for the dipping. I like to say it's a never-ending cascade of rich, chocolatey cesspoolness. <laughs> Some of you don't know me well in here. I am a germaphobe. I wash my hands many times. That's why I gave you that gift. At the bottom of it, you really can't see this, and I'm really glad that you can't, but in very small print, it says, Help yourself to happiness. I'm going to tell you, I'd like to think that that would say, help yourself to streptococcus. I'm just saying. Leave that picture up there. They took a wonderful picture of that. You see how nice and shiny and it glistens. It looks really good from the outside, doesn't it? I promise you, those of you, young man, it didn't look that good when you went to dip your hand in it, did it? It didn't look that good. 
but from here it looks wonderful. I can't help but to think that that's the way many of our lives are today. They're sitting in this church this Christmas Sunday. On the outside, it looks nice and shiny and clean, doesn't it? I mean, it looks tempting to the others who are seeing it from a distance, but when we get close and when we get on the inside, we understand that it's far from beautiful. It's far from clean. It's far from perfect. You see, we've used this prop, this prison wall during this series and I just said, you know what? You can decorate this prison wall and you can put Christmas lights on it. And it decent it looks decent from the outside, doesn't it? I mean, it looks nice. But when you get close and when you get back here looking at it from the inside, it's still bondage and it's still loneliness and it's still a mess from this viewpoint. And I just thought that has to represent maybe at least a few of our lives here in this church today. And so I'm just going to cover two things this morning. And I know some of you take notes. The first thing I want you to hear me say this morning is that apart from Jesus Christ, you and I, we're all prisoners. We're all prisoners. Apart from Jesus Christ, we're all prisoners. I don't care how beautiful and clean this may look. Apart from Jesus, we're all prisoners. There's getting ready to be a graphic come up on the screen and I want you to pay close attention to what it says because if you miss what this is getting ready to say, you're going to miss the rest of our time together this morning. But I truly believe what that says can change your life. Because I know, because I've been in the church and I've been around Christians for a long time and we are some of the greatest poker players that I've ever run across. We have the poker face. And this morning I have prayed and I have prayed and I have prayed. I told Pastor Bradley right back in that corner, I am nervous because what a God has laid on my heart to share with you guys because I don't want to mess it up. And so I'm just trusting the Holy Spirit is doing his job in you this morning. Because what I say to you today cannot hold a candle to what the Holy Spirit is doing in you right this very second. If you can grasp this concept, it will change your life. You see, we're all prisoners apart from Jesus Christ. And so my challenge to you this morning is this. Freedom in Christ begins, it begins the moment when we stop lying to ourselves. Because you've got to stop lying to yourself. 
I promise you that Jesus can handle it. The one that we sing about, the one that we worship, the one that we are here for, the one that we are celebrating this Wednesday morning, He can handle your truth. I mean, He hung on the cross for you. He can handle the fact that you may feel a little distant from Him right now. He can handle the fact that you may have a drug or alcohol problem. He can handle the fact that you may be addicted to pornography right now. He can handle the truth. And so listen to me closely. The bondage does not stop because freedom in Christ does not begin until your lying to yourself ends. In your Bibles, we're going to be reading a lot out of Romans chapter 7. The Apostle Paul wrote the book of Romans. And in Romans chapter 7, we hear the Apostle Paul simply being honest, well, dialoguing to himself of his honesty. You see, the Apostle Paul is dialoguing the battle that's raging in his mind right here in Romans chapter 7. The Apostle Paul had this battle between law of God and then actually loving Jesus, and it was just raging in his mind. And Paul is a lot like many of us, that this battle between following the rules and the law was battling loving Jesus and God. And he simply was honest and wrote it down for us to be able to see. You see, Paul says, you know what? Sometimes I love the law more than I love the Lord. And maybe it's just me this morning, but I have to tell you that sometimes I fall more in love with the rules and the regulations and the routines And I elevate those things much higher than the relationship that Jesus wants to have with me. And so that's what Paul's talking about here in Romans chapter 7. If you have your Bible, I'm just going to start reading in verse 15 and just sort of skip through some of these verses. Listen, Paul's saying what many of us are going to say if we're honest with ourselves. Verse 15, Paul says, I do not understand what I do. I guarantee you some of you have laid down at night and said the same thing, right? I have. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. Scott, maybe you're the only one. Verse 18, it says, I know that nothing lives in me or nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Verse 21, it says, when I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. Verse 23, but I see another law at work in the members of my body, 
waging war against the law of my mind and making me a what? Prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. Look at verse 24. What a wretched man I am. Paul is simply being honest here. And I love his honesty because he's saying, no matter how polished I get it, no matter how well I follow the law, and he was the best at following the law, like Paul was the Michael Jordan of following the law. You get it? No matter how clean you clean your phone, there is still going to be germs and bacteria. Paul is saying, no matter how well I follow the law and no matter how well I perform, he said, I'm still a prisoner. I'm still a wretched man. Paul's basically saying, and if we're honest with ourselves today, man, I'm a mess. You ever said that to yourself? I'm a mess. I'm a mess. Go ahead and say it. You're a mess. And it's okay. Do you know why it's okay? Because Jesus loves a mess. He does. Now, I don't like a mess. I'm just going to be honest because I'm the germaphobe, right? Did you know I have a nine-month-old baby? And he's never once had a dirty diaper on my watch. He's not. God's favor rests upon me just like it did upon Mary. And somehow, he holds it in until I hand him off to Dacia. I don't know how that happens. It just does. Like she will get Ezra and he will smell to high heaven. And she'll say, didn't you smell this? He didn't do that on my watch. Must have just happened. It's a favor of the Lord. I don't like messes. I don't like messes. But thankfully, and I say thank God that his son Jesus loves messes. Because that means he loves you and I. Oh, listen to this scripture. You want to know what kind of church we're going to be? Do you want to know what kind of church that we're going to be 20, 30 years from now? This is what it's going to be like. Listen to what it says in John chapter 3, verse 17, the one that often gets overlooked. See, in John chapter 3, verse 17, and man, if this doesn't need to be Facebooked, I don't know what does about right now. It says in John 3, 17, that God did not send his son into the world to, to what? Oh, church, where did we get off track in thinking that it became our job to do the condemning? God did not send Jesus to this world to condemn the world. And if it's not Jesus' job to condemn the world, then I can promise you it's not Scott's job to condemn the world. Amen? Amen. Facebook that. He said he sent his son Jesus to save the world through him. 
Oh, listen to verse 18. It's not on the screen, but you need to hear this because this, whoever believes in him is not condemned. And it goes on and says this, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Hey, listen, God's taking care of the condemning. Our job, church, is to simply love everyone in the name of Jesus. Oh, and it's going to get messy. Do you know that there were people who loved me long before I was Pastor Scott? And let me tell you something. I was messy. Some of you know that. Man, I was messy. There's a beautiful passage in Luke chapter 5. If you can turn there real quick with me, I want you to see this. It says this in Luke chapter 5, verse 30. It says, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples. You understand that it was the religious people that ended up killing Jesus, right? It wasn't all the messy, nasty, crazy sinners out there that killed Jesus, okay? It says, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus, why do you eat with sinners? And Jesus answered them, I love this, verse 31 of Luke 5. Listen to this. He said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. He says, I, Jesus says, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And it's verses like that, church, that give me hope. It is verses like that that give me hope that everyone that we know, maybe even some of us sitting in here, it gives me hope that everyone can be set free gives me hope that person that you're going to be spending christmas with on wednesday who is crazy they're sick they're far from jesus there's hope because jesus came for them everyone can be set free Paul was just being honest. He said, man, nothing good lives in me. Nothing. He said, what a wretched man I am. And then in verse 24, if you're back in Romans 7, you need to look and pay close attention to what he says next because Paul says, who will rescue me from this body of death? Some of us are there right now. We're at our wits end and who is going to save me from this? When I'm honest with myself, Scott, I don't like it. That's why I've been decorating the outside for so many years, because I don't like reality. 
And when I'm honest with myself, I don't like what it produces. Who is going to save me from this body of death? I want to hang there for just one minute. Because I think it's very important that we understand what Paul says there. You see, I think a lot of times we just, we just fly over this verse. I want you to understand that Paul said who and not what. Because I'm guilty of saying what will rescue me from this body of death. I want you to understand that what will always lead you back to bondage. I promise you it will. What will always leave you empty? You see, what sounds and looks like this. Well, this third marriage, this third marriage will rescue me from this. If I could just get this amount of money, this amount of money will rescue me from this body of death. If I could just get that group of people to understand me and like me and let me into their circle, they will rescue me from this body of death. And listen, I know that there are students peppered throughout this place this morning. Students, listen very carefully. That girlfriend or that boyfriend will not rescue you from this body of death. What will always return you back to bondage? And Paul knew it. He'd been there and done that. He had tried the what. And in Romans 7, he cries out, What a wretched man I am. Who is going to rescue me from this body of death? And he finally answers his own question by saying this, thanks be to God through my Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is who? Jesus is who? And Jesus is who we will always point someone to that needs to be set free from whatever is keeping them in bondage. You see, when you understand that in Christ you are free, when you understand that you, because of Jesus, get to take on His identity, and that you get to walk through your everyday life with all of Jesus' perfection and His characteristics. 
and his qualities. You want to talk about being set free? It has nothing to do with what you or I can do, church. It has everything to do with what Jesus did. And it has everything to do with who Jesus is. See, Scripture's full of men and women who got this. And Jesus turned their life around, who took them from bondage and set them free. I could go from Old Testament all the way to the book of Revelation and give you example after example of people being set free. But this morning, I thought I'd let you in of about what God's been doing in my life over just the last year. Listen, I've been in ministry going on nine years now. I wish I would have been taught this nine years ago. I've been a Christian since 1997. And I want to tell you something, that this Christian life is a process and a journey. And I'm on the journey. I'm a pastor. And over the last year, I can truly say that God has taken me from bondage to freedom. You see, I understand now where my identity lies. It's not in how well I can perform. Man, I used to struggle with that. It's not in how large of a crowd I can draw. You see, my confidence, my confidence doesn't come from what I can produce anymore. My confidence comes in knowing that Jesus Christ accepts me no matter what. Because can I just be honest with you all? There's some days when I just don't perform up to par. Students, my acceptance... I wish I'd have known this back in my high school days. Do you know, students, that you're accepted in Christ? Even when it feels like everyone else is rejecting you, you're accepted. I'm accepted in Christ. Even though everyone else may reject me. God took me to Galatians 1.10. I'm not going to read you that right now, but that's part of my testimony. And can I tell you, it's easier to please one than it is seven billion. <laughs> it just is. One versus seven billion. I'm going to take one. And that one is already pleased with me because of his son, Jesus Christ. Oh, I got a list of here that I can tell you about. 
of what God's done in my life because he's removed me from behind these bars. But what about you guys? It's okay to be honest. I believe there's four groups of people in this sanctuary this morning. Just four. I believe the first group is just like me. And the Holy Spirit has revealed the fact that your identity is not found in who you are and what you can produce and how well you can perform and how well you can draw a crowd. The Holy Spirit has revealed that you are in Christ and you're free. And Christ is enough. And you're on the journey. And so I say to you, embrace the journey because the beauty of it is, it never ends. You may become a preacher of a mega church. You may hold a Bible study at your work. And you may be looked at as the most spiritual person in the state. But the journey does not stop. That's the beauty of it. As God continues to pour more of himself in you. And we become refined. And we grow closer and closer to him. So embrace the journey with me. The second group of people in here is you love Jesus. You've given your life to Christ at some point. But somewhere along the line, what has taken precedence in your life? And the new car with those 22-inch rims. No, Jesus is still better, right? The what has taken precedence in your life? And for some reason, you've just lost the focus of what Jesus once did in your life. And uh, I can't really explain it. It just is what it is. And Jesus is there and you're here. And uh, but that's what happens when we lose focus of who Jesus is and we look to what. And so if you're in this second group today, you don't need to get saved again, no. You just need to say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Listen, I've tried all the what's in the world, and they don't even come close to comparing to you, Jesus. I'm sorry. And you know what's wonderful about this group of people? Is that you're going to find that Jesus is not mad. I love that. That he didn't leave you and you got to go do six weeks of great works so that he comes back to you. No, you're going to find out that today, if you're in group two, he's right here waiting. And said, I've been here all along. You just need to turn back to who? Being Jesus Christ. Group three, man, I've been many years in group three. I love group three, maybe more than any. Hey, those of you who love Jesus with all your heart in this group right now, please start praying because the next service is going to be full of group threes. I truly believe it. 
And there may be some group threes in here, and I love group three because you know what group three is? It's those people who could give a rip less. They're trying to sit here thinking, when's this guy going to shut up? What am I doing here? And you could care less about who, what, when, where, and how. You're mad at me because I knocked on Golden Corral. I love group three because I spent many of my years in group three. You know what I love about group three is this, is that God, through the power of his Holy Spirit, is working on you and you don't even realize it yet. I love you, group three. Merry Christmas. And thank you for being here today. And then there's a fourth group. Is that you didn't even know that there was someone you could look to that was perfect. You didn't even know there was a man by the name of Jesus that would take your place. You didn't even know that there was someone that you could exchange your life for. You didn't even know that there was someone that would pay your penalty. You didn't know there was someone that would be your savior. And that would pay the price for all the mess that you are. And his name is Jesus. And you don't know him. But this morning, you're willing to know him. Because you have been honest with yourself. And you're tired of returning to bondage. And you're tired of coming up empty. And today, you want to know more about this Jesus. I'm just going to ask you to pray with me right now. And maybe you're in that fourth group today. And you would say, Scott, I need Jesus as my Savior. Would you be willing just to lift a hand so I could see it? Scott, I need Jesus as my Savior. You see, we've been talking about our identity in Christ for four weeks now. Listen, it takes a lot more than four weeks to understand who we are in Christ. If you want to know more about that, if you want to know more about who you can be in Christ, man, I would love for you to write on your connection card I want to know more about Jesus. I want to know who I am in Christ. We have a class where we spend four weeks starting January 5th right here on Sunday mornings where we focus solely on letting you know who you are in Christ. If you want to know more about that class, would you just communicate to us through your connection card and you can drop it at the welcome table as you leave maybe today 
you said yes to Jesus for the very first time. We want to know that. There's a place on that connection card that you can let us know that. Jesus, I thank you for what you've done in our lives. And the fact that you died for us and you've set us free. Even though that we are a mess, Jesus, you came for the messy. And Jesus, I can stop trying to decorate the outside. And I can be honest with you because you can take it. And no matter what, Jesus, the blood that you shed on the cross covers my sins. And so God, I pray right now for anyone in this room that has never said yes to your son, Jesus, but would like to right now. God, would your Holy Spirit just impress upon them that they are a sinner, but in your son, Jesus, they are completely forgiven of their sins. And God, that they are free in Christ. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for being real. And I thank you for being personal. God, I cannot wait to see what you continue to do in many lives that are represented right here today. God, thank you for being our hope. Jesus, thank you for being our security and our strength. Now, God, may we leave out of this place because, Lord, there is a world that needs to experience your love like they have never experienced it before. God, may we leave here today in the powerful name of Jesus. We love you. Amen. God bless you all. I want to say one last time before you leave, Merry Christmas. I can't wait to see you guys back here as we celebrate awesome baptisms and everything. Back here in the gym, 1015 next Sunday. God bless and Merry Christmas.